Welcome to the Metaversible Podcast, chronicling the journey of reaching the metaverse through blockchain, digital art, and virtual reality. Welcome back to the Metaversable Podcast, where we explore the art and the science of the metaverse, this digital world in which we live. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Cochran, and I'm joined by my co-host and best friend, Ron Eddings. Excited to be back in the metaverse. And we are about to take another red pill and dive right in. Who do we have with us today, Ron? This episode, our guest is Adorable Jasmine. Adorable is an NFT artist, tech founder, and also an influencer in our space. And we really appreciate all the work that Adorable is doing with her just with her social justice-based work. And we're excited to hear more about her Deeper Tones collective group that she has founded. But most importantly, Adorable, welcome to the Metaversible Podcast. Hey, Chris. Hey, Ron. Thank you for having me. It's really beautiful to be here. It's beautiful to have you. I make friends pretty quickly, but when we hopped on a call, it was like we were kindred souls. There was so much that you were saying that was really just speaking to my soul, my heart, and my beliefs in this metaverse space, but then also in the social justice space. But tell us a little bit about your journey into the metaverse. Did you start with art? And then tell us the story about how you got into the metaverse and what you're doing today. Absolutely. Thank you for that. So I I live in Oakland, California, and I moved up here from SoCal and went to literally the school of the Black Panthers. I went to San Francisco, surrounded by Silicon Valley, surrounded by social justice in this paradigm, really. Okay, what do you do with all of this information? And that's rolled around me for many years, did social justice work for many years, food justice work, realized that the number one indicator of health and our communities and our disenfranchised communities, financial upward mobility. Like, how are you going to buy healthy food if you can't even afford it? But I was, I never felt like I could actually be in tech as it was, like just in the tech community, didn't see myself reflected and felt very much like I wasn't, I just wasn't enough, like in my education and in, in just so many other social spheres. And then in enters Web 3.0, which is the blockchain the crypto space, the NFT space as we know it. And I saw an immediate shift. I saw an immediate shift. I saw an immediate opportunity. I myself uh, have been artistic for many years, many different modalities and mediums. I've been a dancer for many years and I had done collage work for many years. And so I saw NFTs as an opportunity for someone like myself who had been recognizing the opportunities of financial mobility for so many people could be attained in this brand new landscape that has not that is not defined that has the promise of offering everyday people the ability to participate in a marketplace where they can with some education make some pretty great opportunities for themselves and their families and so I'm just really inspired by this space. And I, I myself am bringing my full identity to it as a Black woman, as an artist, as a healer, as a as someone who's into being a crypto literacy educator. 
I'm just bringing my fullness and I, I'm meeting you and Ron on this podcast and the listeners in that space of this kind of beautiful opportunity for myself and, and my community. That is so beautiful. And I'd like to talk a little bit about the art side of you, because it does sound like there's so many sides of you that really align with the metaverse and all the work that you're doing. When you were doing collage work, when you're making art, I'm sure there was an experience for you. I'm sure you entered flow. What was the experience like for you creating art? And then once you saw that people were taking their art online in a way that made sense and they could make money, what did it say to you? Was your brain screaming like, yes, this is the future? Or were there some additional questions that you had to ask yourself? The one thing I forgot to mention when I shared about myself briefly was that I eventually did end up breaking into tech. So I, I ended up getting into two different fellowships. I became a product manager. I worked at tech companies. And I was always trying to integrate blockchain into the products that we were building, but they, but those companies just weren't ready for it. <laughs> they weren't wanting to solve the problems with this technology. And so I was kind of like, okay. And I always felt that hard edge. And I literally walked away from two six-figure paying to, to pursue this. And so this is, I just want to put that context to tell you how serious I am about this. Right. And also that I have the tech background as well. So I just wanted to place that in the context of who I am and, and what I'm doing. And yeah, like for me, like I entered into this, into the space. And when I say the space, there are a large number of people who are really getting community and information from an app called Clubhouse. And so that's really where I was able to land and touch and drop in with the NFT community, with the Black uh, community that's interested in crypto and the metaverse. And my goal when entering in is I dropped a project and then nothing happened. And it was like cricket, tumbleweed, nothing. And I realized, oh, the number one thing that actually needs to happen when you're being an artist in the NFT space is, is community, is people right. being able to be a part of your journey and you being a part of theirs and you being, you belonging to each other in essence, you belonging to each other's story because it's a financial transaction, but it's so much more than that. It's so much more as a collector of art, as a curator, as an artist myself, I'm finding that it's deeper than that. And so the, to the essence of your question, as an artist, the art form of crypto and NFT, beyond just even creating the art, that's an art form itself. That's an art form. You understanding the flow of how to navigate a project and all the different deliverables and all the different ways that you could be really creative and creating value for people as they interact with your non-fungible token. That is an art form. And not many people think that. They think, oh, that's just a business transaction. No, like understanding what would actually bring people to the place where they want to join your community and they want to be a part of the vision and the journey that is an art form. And so the art itself, that's always been something that I've let come from within. Like I haven't sat down and said, I'm going to make art. That's <laughs> That doesn't happen for me. I don't have it like that. It has to be something that's inspired, it's ancestral. The project that I'm going to share about on this podcast, Black Money, that is a digital collage project that came from being a, like almost it was an assignment. It wasn't like, I'm going to go do this thing. It was seeing that there was a gap and wanting to fulfill that gap. And so my art style and my artistic nature is really the art of filling the gap, the art of being a bridge. And for me, that's the exciting part of my artistry beyond the actual NFT itself is the art of how do you fulfill these requests that you can hear and feel in the people who are wanting to be in this, but they don't know how. And so if anything, as an artist, you just, a, I, I know my artistry, I'm just a deep listener. I'm just trying to listen and be humble 
and jump in when it feels like it's mine to do and I have the skill set to do it. Finally, someone that understands me. I feel like you are speaking my language right now. I think a lot of the times when people think about art, they think about the drawing or the music. But I think that science and technology can also be a form of art, making disparate components work together. Like all of this thing that we know of as the metaverse and blockchain, it's all decentralized. There's a lot of orchestration that's happening between the collective behind the scenes. And I think that's that goes a bit unappreciated. But I love the fact that you're talking about blending the science, the technology, and also the art components together. And when I look at Web 3.0, I also think about equalization, equalizing opportunities, equalizing people's socioeconomic situations. And I think that with the technology that's being introduced and the use cases today, we now have that opportunity. I would love to hear about a bit about your perspective on all the the opportunities that that the metaverse can provide and also some of the community organizations that you're building and working with. Absolutely, Ron. You're really you're really getting at the heartstrings of why I think so many people in this space, so many social justice people happen to have found their way into this space, into the crypto NFT space. And as we did, we were like, holy snaps. <laughs> we were like, oh my God, yes, I'm here for this. This is what I was born for. I think there are so many folks who don't come from that space and they can just see this as just like another financial opportunity. But the depth that a lot of us with our lens, as we look at what we see here and we, and we see that there's so much opportunity. And what we mean by that, folks, is there's folks, there's there's ways in which, of course, there's just been systematic um, institutional ways in which there's been gatekeepers into being able to have financial opportunities, getting loans, being able to be a accredited investor, like things that a lot of people, especially me and my family and people like me, never having access to that, never thinking about how we can have generational wealth and having a diverse portfolio and having financial literacy around these kind of more nuanced and complex concepts that are kept on the other side, lock and key of a marketplace that you can't access. Cryptocurrency and the decentralization of finance really does put the power into the hands of the people. It gives us the opportunity once we understand just very, just even just lightly understand the mechanisms of NFTs and the mechanisms of blockchain technology and crypto, the ability to be our own bank. We can have our own wallets, hold our own money, being able to transact amongst each other. I could, Chris and Ron, I could send you an NFT right now. I can just send you some a, a digital asset right now from my wallet and you could send right. me back the same. And it just, it takes it away from a bank. It means that you and I can, you just said, Chris, earlier, the kindred spirit. I can connect and, and organize a community of kindred spirits, folks who believe in the same ideologies of social justice and make a social justice token just for us. And we could transact and build our own economies. The power of that, of being able to build economies that are divorced from the type of oppressive lenses that we've normally see in, unfortunately, a lot of the different societies around the world where the government is operating amongst the, alongside the bank, where you just don't have that accessibility. Thinking about like how we build community, beloved community around being able to meet our own needs, being able to send people funds easily with minimal fees. Um, 
this technology is powerful and potent and has so many use cases for us as a community solving our own problems. All it comes down to is us being able to educate ourselves, which is why I founded Deeper Tones as a space for the Black community specifically to be able to receive education and support around understanding cryptocurrency, understanding blockchain technology and its use cases for their business, for their Black business, being able to understand what NFTs are and beyond just even art, NFTs is a function on so many different levels, whether it's reality or whether it's um, being able to navigate different legal transactions or navigating all sorts of use cases. Like I'm still understanding and discovering all the things you can do with an NFT. And we're the idea is let's create a community and there, hopefully there's many communities doing this. Let's navigate and understand this as a community together. And so Deeper Tones is just one of many communities popping up around the metaverse and around in real life, real locations around the U.S. and beyond where people are coming together to try to understand um, what this is and how it can work for us and how we can support each other in, in building this movement of financial upward mobility. There's so much I want to unpack on what you just said. But one thing that I think about is, and I don't remember if we talked about this before, but before the Marine Corps, I was a dancer. I was that struggling artist trying to make ends meet. And I remember going into the city of Atlanta to dance on the street to make some money. And I remember just making enough to basically eat for that evening. And it was such a hard life to live. But I had this love for dance. And this was what filled my spirit and made me want to do more of that. But the economics just weren't there for me. So when I look at things like NFT and the ability to do smart contracts and the, the ability to have royalties in perpetuity for your art, that makes me think, wow, the applications are really endless. And when you talk about generational wealth, that's another one of the things that I'm most passionate about because I feel like in underrepresented communities, Wealth is hard. Wealth is hard because they're underrepresented in technology. We're underrepresented in finance. And so with this advent of NFTs and being able to, to track this money for you as an artist, I think it's truly a game changer. But with deeper tones, when it comes to educating about this stuff, because a lot of artists don't necessarily have that technical background, what is that barrier to entry in order for them to understand the NFT space and then be able to make a living off of it? Absolutely. And I, I think that you'd be surprised how low the bar is. It, I, it's not so much at this point, because there are a lot of platforms for just everyday folks to just literally take their art, digitize it, and upload it into a PNG or a JPEG and then just mint it. Like we have, I don't, I'm not paid by any of these platforms, so I'm not going to name them out loud, but they're there. You can go and literally mint on different uh, marketplaces and sell your NFTs today. That doesn't, and right now we're at a place where I would, I could argue that's, that there's some challenges around that. Those marketplaces, in essence, own your NFT. Some of them do. So you have to be careful because a large part of what you're wanting to do is escape that paradigm, right? You want to own your NFT. And so just the education around how do you create your own website? How do you create your own space so that people can directly connect with your work? That's what I did. And it, it took a lot of time and energy for me to do that with my project as an NFT art artist. But I was looking around and seeing what was there. And I was like, I don't want my project to just be on this platform 
and to be associated with this platform. In essence, it's me going back to the old paradigm, right? I, I want to own my project. I want to feel like I'm in alignment with what I'm doing. And I think if there's NFT, if there's artists out there that are considering, that are listening and that want to get into NFTs and they want to get into how to do this, the best place to do it is to just start by finding organizations that align with who you are. Because in essence, those are the people that are going to be purchasing your NFTs. Are there people that believe? Chances are, if you put something out there and nobody is in, and you're and you're fairly new to the space, you're not a celebrity. It's going to be harder for you to be able to sell your NFT versus if you have a community of people who love you and believe in you and they believe in your vision and they support your work. That's something that we've seen be highly successful in this space is having community around you and being able to connect and drop in with community that pushes your project forward. Great. That is so amazing. And your community is really your an extension of your marketing team. Like your community is going to help spread the word, share the passion that you have and that they have about the art that you're putting out. And one of the things that I've noticed about NFT, at least from my network, and my network doesn't really have that much NFT or blockchain experience, but they almost make NFT, blockchain and money currency like all synonymous. They they really identify and associate the word NFT with expensive or NFT with complicated technology. How, how do we simplify this message and break out of just thinking of tokens as money and more of as opportunity? Yeah, a lot of people, when people ask me, what is an NFT or like, how does this work? I like to think of it this way. I like to think of, say, take out a dollar bill and imagine that you had 50 of those $1 bills. They're the same exact dollar. Now with yep. an NFT, imagine if you put an image on top of one of those dollar bills. Now you have a non-fungible token. Underneath is still the dollar bill. It's still a currency underneath it. But on top of it is an image that carries the value of what's underneath it. And that's an NFT. Plain and simple. Now, you that dollar bill could be represented as Ethereum. It could be Solana. These are just different types of cryptocurrencies. It could be uh, Cardano. It could be Tezos. But underneath is those uh, technologies that the blockchain and the currency that's powering the image that's on sits, that sits on top of it. And that's plain and simple what an NFT really functions as. And as the value of those different cryptocurrencies appreciates or depreciates, so does the image that sits on top of it or not. Sometimes you have what you can have is people who um, value that image higher than what they purchased it for. And so when they sell it, they can get, you can get more of that value. And if someone sells your NFT, you can, as mentioned earlier by Chris, you can collect royalties in perpetuity, in perpetuity. So like you can continue getting royalties on top of that NFT that's being sold. And so it's, I think what it is, is recognizing that, yeah, there are a lot of really heady messages around what an NFT is. You can take an NFT and create so many structures and functions around it. And so many, this thing called a roadmap where you just have a lot going on, a lot of different offerings for someone who has your NFT. But what I would say for folks who are just getting into it is to just start by recognizing at the bare minimum that an NFT is a digital asset in which you owning it, you're in essence owning a type of cryptocurrency that can be a part of your portfolio if it so suits you, your needs and you can sell, you can trade. Could you explain a little bit about how folks value their art 
because I do feel like that there's a lot of money in the space. You're seeing headlines about money being passed around everywhere, but there are artists just breaking into the space and they don't really know how to price their art. Of course, there are artists that have incredible names and so they're able to command a premium when it comes to this stuff. But how does a new artist know how much to charge for their art when it comes to the metaverse? That's a really great question. And you're going to get, if you ask any, if you ask people in the community, you're going to get so many different answers. And something that I've seen and noticed in the community and in the conversations that I've had, that is that it, most people will start off selling their work at a very low cost to a very low amount so that the, in, the, the entry point for people collecting their work is really low. And then as more and more people collect their work, they can start charging more and raising, it's called the floor price. And so you can start raising your floor price as people start gravitating towards your work. And so that's a common way that a lot of people do it. And you have to think for yourself based on the amount of effort that you put into it, based on all the offerings that are in your project. Some people are just dropping a single NFT. And the, dif the difference I want to make for you, Chris, that you already understand as well, is that there's a difference between just an, an NFT piece of art versus an NFT project. And the project can be something where you have a whole uh, range of items that are associated with that one NFT. So the NFT can go beyond just an image. It could be used as a social token to a concert. An NFT could be, you could be an image that then turns into um, you being able to use that in a, at a real life. You could go to a real life event and get an NFT and then come back to a virtual event. So it's, there's so many different things that an NFT can unlock and how you price it is also going to be based on the amount of, like the longevity of that NFT beyond just the, the point of purchase. And so this is where we start getting really creative, right? Where we start, we can start thinking about the use cases of what an NFT can solve for. I know someone told me a story using an NFT as a bit of a crowdfund where they were wanting to pay someone's rent. And so the NFTs were just these beautiful images of homes. And every time you purchased it, a percentage of that went towards a fund that helped people who are having challenges with paying rent. And so there's so many different use cases for it. And if you're just an artist that just literally has, you just want to put your photography or, or for you, Chris, like what video, like maybe there's beautiful videos of your dance technique, right? You could think about, okay, what would I, what would I start out with? It to see over time appreciate and value and recognize that even if you sell your NFT initially at a low number, if it starts to gain value over time, that same NFT will then be sold in which it'll get, gain more and more value, which gives you the opportunity to also make royalties on that. I love that you mentioned the use case of buying a a piece of art in the physical world, as well as taking that same piece of art and putting it in the virtual world. And typically when we speak to people about use cases, it's from the aspect of monetization, making money off of implementing a new service or application. But I think it goes way beyond that. Sure, the services and applications that we build can generate wealth and, and money, but I think they could also go a long way to helping people. If you were able to get this magical genie lamp and it could grant you one use case that could be invented tomorrow in the metaverse, what would it be? 
Wow. That's such a good question. My brain is like, how do I make a concise answer to that? Because I think there's so many, <laughs> I think there's just so many use cases for this technology that I don't even understand yet. It's ever emerging and ever changing. And if you were to write a book about NFTs, it would be invalid the next day. That's how fast <laughs> this environment yep. is moving. And it's important that I think what I would say is I'm just, my whole thing is not wanting to make sure as many people get on the train as possible. And some people aren't ready to get on that train. There's only so much we can do to get people ready. I would say, I would argue that, not argue, but I would say that Ron and Chris, this podcast, you're trying to help people get on a train. You're trying to disseminate information. We're trying to get our community ready because it can be a lot to transition into a new financial economy of which at large, beyond NFTs, crypto itself, electronic currency is something that is being mass adopted by all of these different various governments. And we're seeing it net, we're seeing it nationally, we're seeing it globally. And we ourselves need to be willing and able to get on that train. And so the lamp that I'm that I would rub is just for us in in our own individual communities, find up, link up with people right where you live. Find out where people are talking about cryptocurrency and have gatherings in person or online, but locally think about what it could mean to create a local currency for your neighborhood, creating a local currency for your city, or and then think about what it could mean to link out nationally, right? Come onto apps like Clubhouse, find Deeper Tones, we're on there. Um, we have conversations every Tuesday nights um, at 5.30 Pacific Standard Time, and just try to link up. Right now, I'm in Oakland. I'm activating an NFT space in Oakland, a physical brick and mortar. I'm going to an NFT drop tonight at a physical space. It's going to be a graffiti the graffiti artist that took, made physical graffiti in this building. Then it got digitized and transformed into a 3D beautiful NFT with music. And, and it's beautiful. Like when you hold your phone up to the actual graffiti, you can then see the NFT play out on your phone in its digital form, right? Like that level of creativity. I'm going to be in Harlem and two weeks presenting there, and they're going to be there's going to be an NFT drop there where, where we have folks that are local to New York, that are Black people in New York, artists that are going to be sharing their work. And so what's what's opening up for me and what I'm seeing is like the importance of us locally building up and then also opening that up and creating connections with people in different places. Like I'm talking to Chris and Ron, like, and we all live in different cities, but yet there's this clarity that we need to be linking up. We need to be connecting and we need to be growing and sharing information. And so that's my prayer. That's my wish. That's my prayer that, that there's an opportunity for us to really be dropping in locally, telling your parents, telling your friends as best as you can, recognizing that people are going to come when they're ready, but as, as best as possible, let's create as many events as we can and share this message as much, much as possible so that people can start getting acclimated to Web 3.0. They can get on that train because we can't be leaving our people behind. We need to get everybody, as many people who are willing and able and want to, should be able to know about this information and we can make that possible. Get people on the train. I think this is a movement that's going to do a lot of damage in the best possible way. And there are people that want to get involved. They want to learn more about the metaverse. They may be an artist. They may be a technologist. But what is that first step that everyone that can take 
to be a part of this train and make a difference in the metaverse? Yeah, and we, we didn't quite get around to talking about the metaverse as much. But what I would say is if someone's, what is this thing called the metaverse? Uh, the metaverse has is, is been around for a while. Like you could say something like Facebook is a, is a bit of a metaverse. You could say Instagram. You could say, again, I mentioned the app Clubhouse. And then there's this concept of going into this space, this meta space, this space that's based on removing ourselves from like the physical space and going into a a 3D kind of virtual reality space where we can then connect, we can meet, we can have physical avatars, which are representations of our physical bodies. So that's a whole nother component and how the metaverse relates to the blockchain. That's like a whole nother conversation, but all this is to say there's varying degrees in which you already are in the metaverse. Like if ever you are in spaces where you're on a Zoom call, <laughs> a Zoom call is being in the metaverse, right? Because you're not all in the physical space at the same time. You're in different spaces. And so we could say that we've been prepared, especially with what's happened with the pandemic. Like we've been very much prepared to be moving into these kind of spaces where we're more virtual and the concept that I would say is if you're someone who wants to, who's, I don't, I want to be, I want to be in the know. I want to know crypto. I want to know NFTs. I don't, I want to feel like I'm not being left behind. The best thing to know is that you're early. If you're listening to this podcast, you're still early. <laughs> no matter what time you're listening it to, even if it's a year from now, you're still early. That's just how early everyone is to all of this. And so the first thing to do is to just not, is to relax and not freak out about not knowing anything. You're fine. That's the first thing you have to tell people, because as you start learning more and more about crypto, the more you learn, the more your brain just melts. (laughs) It melts. (laughs) And that's a good process, right? Because what's happening is your old paradigms and your old thinking is starting to become obscured to make, to make a way for a new neurological pathway. Because your people who talk this stuff every day, rooms that I'm in, we think we're thinking differently. Our brains aren't even picking up the same patterns of thinking because of being exposed to to this cryptocurrency information and technology. And so what people might feel if they come into these spaces is that things are moving really fast. And it's almost as if like they're seeing a fast moving train. And while from their perception, while they're standing out like alongside the train, and it can be hard. How hard is it to jump on a fast moving train? It's impossible. So I would say is find the spaces where the trains are not moving fast at all, (laughs) where you could just literally just walk and just hop right aboard and you don't feel like it's going too fast for you because there's space, there's rooms and spaces about crypto that are so fast that I can't even hop onto them. I don't understand fully where they're going. And I, I sit in those spaces so that I can stretch myself and grow. And so the best advice that I would say is, Come into these spaces, join these these metaverse spaces. Clubhouse is the, for me, has been the entry point for me. I have a background in education. My education learning ability is set around, I'm, I'm the type of person that I love to read a blog. I love to watch a video, but what I love to do is ask questions. And so I love Clubhouse because I can literally, there's experts in the room. There's a lot of safe rooms and safe spaces. My room is one of them on a Clubhouse called Deeper Tones. And you can just ask questions directly of people who are in these spaces building this technology and get really clear on what things are and what they're not and really have a pulse on what's happening. That's for me has been the best entry point. And then go into spaces that feel a little challenging and uncomfortable where you're like, I have no idea. I guarantee you, if you keep showing up, eventually you're going to have 
you're not only going to have an idea, you're going to have ideas to contribute back to your community. Beautiful. Thank you so much for hopping on this podcast with us today. For the folks that want to stay up to date with you, Deeper Toned, and all the great things that you have going on in this world, what are the best ways that people can do that? I am on Twitter. You can find me at just um, Adorable Jasmine. It's at Adorbs underscore disrupts. <laughs> Adorbs disrupts. And you can find me. And if you type in deeper tones, you can find me on the Twitter space. And yes, and you can also find me on Clubhouse at Adorable Jasmine again. And, and the club that we have on Clubhouse is called Deeper Tones. We have a project called Black Money. It's a project that is for the Black community to participate in and being able to connect with money that looks like our freedom fighters. I put Harriet Tubman, as a digital collage artist, I made money where I put Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill. I put Martin Luther King on the dollar. Mm. And I put a bunch of other freedom fighters like Malcolm X on the 50, Rosa Parks on the 100, Frederick Douglass on the 5, Jackie Robbins on the 2nd, and Madam C.J. Walker on the 10. And just we're working right now to tokenize this money and make it so that people can utilize it and spend it amongst Black people and Black businesses. And so if you want to find out more about Black money, I'm on Twitter again. You can hit me up about that. You can hit me up about the Deeper Tones virtual mansion party that we're having. We have a beautiful party coming up for the Black community where we're going to be featuring five Black NFT artists in a virtual mansion, aka a metaverse. (laughs) And so if you want to join the party, it's a free party. We're going to be giving away NFTs at the party. We're going to have a DJ. We're going to have a panel discussion where the artists are going to be talking about their process so that you can hear other people's perspectives, other NFT artists besides my own. And we'd love to have you again. The party the party is going to be November 12th, 2021. And so if you'd like to be a part of that, you can go ahead and shoot me an email at deepertonesnft at gmail.com. And you can shoot me that email and I'll, I'll connect with you and drop in. And thank you so much for having me on the show, Ron and Chris. I really appreciate it. The pleasure is ours. And if you haven't hit follow already, you're already missing out. I would highly recommend to stay in touch with Adorable Jasmine and all of her work. And we'll be also sure to drop all of these resources in the show notes just so no one misses it all. We really appreciate it. And we are looking forward to seeing everyone next time here in the Metaverse. Speak to you all later.